0: This is the one with arachnids on the moon.
1: Walking on eggshells. Whoa! Whoa.
0: A moon buggy. An on-off referendum. One enormous thing for a thingy thing.
1: A 15-year-old going on 35. And the last woman on the first
2: moon. It's called Kill the Moon.
0: Here Here we go. go! we still on our epic phrase.
1: All through time and all through space. Whistler, being and Angels
3: now.
0: Dalek, Cyber, Zood and wow! Counting Sonic's rating apps. From the poor to the sublime.
3: Echoes and Erwittica.
2: Let's agree, it's about time. Who
0: back when? Reviewing on you, who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, <laughs> please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond.
2: Rory, Clara. And beyond. Join us, Join us on, on this side to see what other choice could there be. But who
0: back when?
3: Who back when?
0: when? Well, hello beautiful people with wonderful ears listening to us out there in podcast land you're listening to another amazing episode of who back when a doctor who
1: podcast
0: oh such synchronicity Wow. (laughs) (laughs) i am here jim introducing this here for you this evening as we're recording it and i'm surrounded by three wonderful people opposite me i have drew back when Wow, excellent branding. Thanks very much. (laughs) Next to him on his right is... Leon. Hello. Hello, Leon. Not his branding. Not his branding. It's in the pipeline. And who is on my left opposite Leon?
3: It's Marie. It is.
0: Hello, Marie. Barely on the internet. Hello. Barely on social (laughs) media. (laughs) And this week we are talking about... Kill the Moon mm-hmm. episode N ones. very topical. Everybody's
1: ringing one 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 at the moment. Oh,
0: oh very true. Yes, that is true. Mm. We're missing a HS in there, and it would have been incredibly on the nose. Oh, oh goodness! <laughs> yes, that's hooray it. for jokes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top level, then people. What do we think? Yay, nay.
3: I think Clara's in it a lot, so that was good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh
2: huh. Middling for me. <gasps> I'm gonna withhold the vehemence of my review for later. Oh, vehemence, you say? Mm.
0: Intriguing. Looking forward to it. Jim and you. I'm I'm middling as well. Oh, okay. Okey doke. Uh, yeah, I'm very interested to get into the story as it is, and I find the ending of this one particularly standoutish.
2: Oh.
1: In, in
0: ways we can discuss,
2: I'm sure. We must, we shall. I also look forward to <laughs> the two of us being swayed either to the positive <laughs> by Marie or the vehement, vehement <laughs> <laughs> by Drew.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Shall we let everyone know what the hell we're talking about to start with, though, with a little B-scale? Brilliant suggestion. Time for us to synopsize, Blubify and summarise,
2: So take a view, And grab a brief, And of listen view. to this overview, yeah. This free-for-all, We like to call, A by chunk of who? by
1: chunk of who?
0: Coal Hill School's premier disruptive influence, Courtney Woods, Has made the Doctor her latest excuse for tear-away behaviour, So he makes a special case of her, And takes her to the moon, But 35 years in the future for some reason.
1: They land on an exhibit borrowed back from the Smithsonian, carrying Earth's remaining nuclear stockpile and about to make a deep impact into the lunar surface
2: because they're crash-landing for some reason. And just what are those bombs for? some reason? No, I'm getting to that. The unusually gravid moon is not what it seems, but just when Clara's seeking a friend for the end of the world, our favourite Pratt climbs back into the TARDIS and leaves humanity to determine its own future. For some reason. Meteor what? Biscow over, you are
1: welcome.
0: Aren't they just?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is Kill the Moon. Yeah. It's episode 7 of series 8. We are into the second half. Mm-hmm. it was first broadcast on 4th of october 2014 2014 yep only Okay. six
2: years ago and it was written by peter harness indeed who has written a few things wait yes. should we
0: strap ourselves in for this
2: oh my oh wow <laughs> he wrote i'm sorry am i cutting you off there he wrote uh, pyramid at the end of the world a zygon invasion and zygon inversion yep co-wrote two of those with stephen moffat oh yes Mm. And outside of the Hooniverse, he wrote Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, the TV <gasps> adaptation. He did Yeah, which I have yet to see.
3: Oh, it's, really it's very good.
2: In its entirety. You have seen it. I've seen it in your
1: house. Have you? I think so. Or maybe the book.
2: You definitely have the book. We have that the book. very good.
3: We
1: have the book. Yeah. Mm. He also wrote the latest BBC War of the Worlds.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. Has anyone seen that? No, but seriously want to. No.
1: I heard that it was terrible.
2: Oh, no. oh I seriously don't want to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Every possible way. Budget, writing, lots of just terrible amateurish writing decisions. Really? I can believe it. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I'll avoid it. Thank you. <laughs> So
1: yeah, mixed bag for uh, Peter Harness, perhaps.
2: Something that struck me in thinking about his Whovian filmography. Yeah, in much this you one, like Zygon. Well yeah, you did that double feature, and in the Zygon double feature, the doctor steps in and makes a massive moral judgment on behalf of mankind. And in this one, he's like, That's not my place. Wait, doesn't the doc get them to sit down and talk about stuff? Yeah, and in this one, he's like, oh, I'm not going to mediate, I'm not going to be the diplomat,
1: I'm not going to help you. Yeah, he gets them to sit down and talk about stuff in Day of the Doctor,
2: the end of that. Oh, also. Is that what you're thinking of? I know, well, I thought... He does in both, I think.
0: Oh, right. I thought Zygon, it... what's he called, Kate Stewart, Yeah, is talking to human Kate Stewart about the I think so. ramifications of... What yeah, to do with he, the planet. Yeah, it's true. So you're a, right. He does a
3: wibbly thing and then nobody remembers if they're human or zygon and they have to That's definitely Day of the that's Doctor. Day of the uh, doctor. Yeah, that's okay. Day of the Doctor, yeah. Oh, that's Day
2: of the Doctor. And then a in Zygon in okay. uh, one of the two, that like half of mankind is actually not human. It's <gasps> they're zygons, right? They're not half, it's like thirteen percent or whatever. And do we give them sanctuary? Do we destroy a, an alien life form for the benefit of mankind and for out of fear, etc.? And the doctor totally plays the diplomat card as i recall anyway yeah. different to this one well that is more in keeping with the doctor's
1: character yeah. in world war three in series one which i am re-watching oh. he says to jackie this is my life it's not fun it's not smart it's just standing up and making a decision because nobody else will yep. which is precisely what he doesn't do here <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> which is fine because situations are different but this this is definitely an outlier
2: yeah, agreed, 100%. And
3: it also really feels like when he jumps back in right at the exact second when the bomb's about to go off and he's like, oh, I knew you'd make the right decision. And then as they're sat waiting, this is jumping right to the end, they're sat watching the egg moon hatch and he sort of, he, like, he knows exactly what's going to happen. It doesn't feel like he's he steps back because he can't make this decision. It feels like he already knows what's going to happen and it's just a test for Clara. It doesn't feel like there's any other reason for it than to put her through... To take the training wheels
2: off and let her run on her own. uh. Yeah, and a whole mess of emotional rigmarole, the outcome of which he already knows. Yeah. Would you have been happier about it if he, afterwards, when she goes, why did you make me do that, blah, blah, if he had said... I knew all along that you were going to make the right decision because I, This is this is how time works. It's not yet become a fixed point in time, or something to that effect.
3: But I don't think it's, you
2: had to do. Oh,
3: maybe he says because well, he basically does say like, "Oh, you, I knew you'd make the right call," and she gets really upset because she very nearly didn't. But he knows that she made the right call
2: because he knows that she's a good person, not because of he knows the future universal. But I think truths.
3: regardless of whatever the outcome was, he still put her through all that emotional turmoil for yeah. no good reason
1: well i don't know i think he is proving to clara that she is special in in the context of this episode courtney Woods wants to be seen as special by the way she does nothing in this episode <laughs> to be nope. branded as special <laughs> at all but clara is entrusted with the future of the direction of humankind and so at the end I was thinking like she should be saying oh actually doctor I get it I'm the special one oh that's nice Capaldi calls people special when they're not he doesn't call people special when they are I mean he can't win he gets it in the neck from both directions
3: I just feel like it. Like in the context of their relationship she already knows she's special she saved his life a billion times like she doesn't like she knows Good point. Yeah. she knows how trusted she is and how like well regarded she is she's not the one who needs this affirmation
2: yeah it's like she had a platinum record in her 20s now just like lean back and do whatever you want exactly
3: yeah never mind about taking your life to the next level
1: just coast (laughs) (laughs) there is in connection to this there is on the chalkboard when she talks with danny at the end there is a quote from the beginning of david copperfield yeah
2: did you see that i saw that it said david copperfield (laughs) well
1: the quote underneath from the start of the novel as dickens wrote it saying am i going to be the hero of my own story or am i going to let someone else be oh so is she gonna step up or is she gonna keep letting the doctor do it because if she just lets the doctor do it what purpose is she really serving as a companion apart from handing him emotional cues Mm -hmm. cue cards yeah so he's trying to develop her and she's having none of it also is she a good person or is she just an autocrat overriding the democratic will of the (laughs) earth people yeah
0: Yeah, i'm not quite sure about the doctor clara situation in this But what does really bother me about this episode is the fact that the entirety of the Earth wants to murder this thing. Wants to murder the thing. (laughs) And yet we have a speech by the doctor at the end of it saying humanity goes off and to the very end of time they endure and they they look to the skies after this one event. It's like, yeah, why are you encouraging that? (laughs)
3: They're
0: a bunch of murderous (laughs) bastards. (laughs) Yes.
1: Also, he says they looked up and they saw something beautiful that they didn't want to destroy. So how about, Capaldi, you just disable the bombs 45 minutes ago, make sure that happens, and then guess what? It will happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and astronaut lady Hermione Norris will learn a lesson. Yeah. And mankind will assume that the people on the space station, oh, sorry, on the moon, yeah, on the space station, on the moon base, just did the right thing.
0: Well, I guess there's perhaps the assumption that it takes a more, you know, strong event of, like, oh shit, we could have blown that up. Thank God someone stopped us to then realise the beauty of something. But yeah. Is that or, or are people weird. just
1: going to be incensed that they were overridden?
0: Well, probably that more than anything, yeah.
1: Yeah, they all went to the trouble of turning their lights off and huddling in the dark
2: until sunrise and then the fucking thing hatched anyway are they not now definitely going to go up there and blow up the next egg well <laughs> yeah they could like there's no telling you know if mankind at, th- at this point they looked up they saw something that inspired them to go up into space and blow up the moon 85 yeah. <laughs> year old nigel Farage is
1: saying well we were lucky this time but next time we have to make absolutely sure
2: <laughs> why am i laughing
1: yeah exactly yeah, because he's still kicking around in 2049 p.s <sighs>
0: Oh, yeah, the time frame of this really bugs me as well. It's the very near future. Plus, you have to dial it back to our time frame 10 more years because the Mexicans, is it, have already established a base up there.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, in 2039. Yeah.
0: To do what? To, to investigate the fact that the moon has... Oh, it has grown. ...taken on, taken on mass. Extra mass. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which is now explained as well, how this creature just gets bigger
2: it, it, it grows in there grows inside the egg
0: but it has to take energy from something yeah like can't just sun, can't just what it, is it 1.3 billion tons pr- 1.3 billion tons Yeah. it doesn't just come out of nowhere
2: it processes photons coming from the gym s- please <laughs> this is basic science
0: no i i, I take
2: your meaning
1: <laughs> yeah because if it were processing photons from the sun that would be an unconscious natural process it would be doing that at a linear rate that's not what's happening uh, It's
2: putting on the weight massively, (laughs) and suddenly. (laughs) How did the space whale work? How did that work? That was an animal that just flew around in space. It was never really fed, but it, it maintained a gigantic...
1: It must have had a space whale mother at some point that nurtured it to a particular size, but once an egg is hatched, the egg remains that size and weight until the thing breaks out of it.
0: Yeah, because they even he refers to like amniotic fluid, doesn't he? It's like yeah. there is stuff already there for this. Is that baby not, creature to creature? Is, is that absorb. not
2: what the fetus
0: consumes? Effectively, yeah, but that's you don't, where it gets. Don't consume that and get heavier than the thing that it consumed.
2: No, this is true. <laughs> no, they
1: gesture at a couple of hypotheses, but then they don't say anything, and hopefully they think. What viewers at the end will be like oh wait no they sort of said it did they ah, i don't care that's the level of care put into this episode S-
2: space eggs work differently i feel well that's probably true yeah th- this space egg <laughs> has... <laughs> yeah yeah exactly this space egg has a gigantic but that's not how bugs work either they would just just because if... two things are wrong <laughs>
1: doesn't make either of them any better by association <laughs>
2: Why is this bacteria enormous? This bacteria, every bacterium is so big that it itself must have a bajillions of bacteria. Yeah,
1: because bacteria on elephants are famously bigger than bacteria
2: on wasps. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's no ox- There's no atmosphere. No. But to me, this is space whale well logic. If a space whale well can just float around through space and the dragon at the end of this thing can just go, meow, I'll, I'll fly away with wings that I use. How? There's no fucking air. F- there's no, there's a vacuum up there. Like, there's no <laughs> friction. What do you He's catching the solar wind, dude. He's feeling the sun on his back. Now you're talking, buddy. That is space whale logic. I love it.
0: But that's the one thing that to me makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't bother me that there's a creature that can just live in the vacuum of space. Okay, okay, fine. It's bonkers, but okay, fine. fine. You're you're right. It's conservation of mass. (laughs) What bothers me
1: is that this creature can hatch from the egg and then scream. And then when it lays
3: an egg as big as itself.
2: No, it doesn't. It's smaller. Is it? Is it not?
1: It's
3: How can you tell? as big as the original moon was. Oh,
2: really? Oh, I, I genuinely thought, oh, this is a tiny moon. And by the logic of this episode, it's going to grow to the size of a moon.
3: <laughs> Eggs don't grow. I, but in this episode, they do. It's basic. <laughs> it, uh, no, it, well, it's only gr- it's growing in size. Because oh, yeah, it's sorry. Cracking open and, it, and the things coming out of it. But that only just happens in the last 40 years
2: You are right Hang on, I, I am genuinely curious about it When I watched this, I did feel like Oh, this is a smaller egg that it has but, laid But do it lays mean... an egg that is as large As the egg that was larger than itself Because it housed it a second ago That would make no sense
1: Look, None of this episode makes any <laughs> sense For you to do a a Solid comparison Of Uh the sizes Of the old And the new moon You would have to have The shots The exact same shots Framed in the exact same way Side by side And assume that it laid it In exactly the same place In orbit So I don't (laughs) think
2: You can reach A definitive (laughs) conclusion It will will have laid the egg Where it I mean it doesn't travel Anywhere and then It does It starts
3: flying away Flaps flaps around a little bit It does a little Circular loop loop -loop. Okay
2: but it's not So far away That it has time To do Some sort of You know The oval Or orbit around the well, earth and it, seem larger or smaller Yeah,
1: it does because capaldi gets to deliver his whole very very quiet humanity in the 21st century starts to fly away and, and he's pretty tear and he's like oh oh and off they go oh it's amazing and, all. and then it lays the egg but my worst problem with it is that it can anyway lay a massive billions of tons of egg and not make a sound not going uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I am genuinely scrubbing through this episode right now to find this. Okay, <laughs> here we go. There's, There's yeah. the original moon. That's the original moon. Don't, don't worry, I'll take screenshots in a second.
1: Oh, and also note the cratered surface of the brand new moon. I
2: know. Yes, I know. <laughs> 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 it hasn't had time to <laughs> have any impact. It's just oh. egg texture.
1: Yeah, it's just knobbly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, okay. it should be perfectly smooth, though.
2: First moon. Death Star, second moon. Is it just me, or does that look like a much smaller? It, it does look smaller. It does look yeah. smaller. You're yeah, right. But
1: w-
0: but isn't the f- the first one is breaking apart to allow the creature to get out? I, I, yeah, I think the concept is meant to be That this moon is not quite like for like But a near enough like for like replacement Yeah, because otherwise the, the tides are okay. still
2: going to be fucked Okay, yeah. here's the thing We have now spoken for 23 minutes <laughs> We've barely scratched the surface of this egg-shaped disaster <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay
2: Let's agree that that makes no sense yeah.
0: Okay, next egg-shaped disaster oh, Here we go <laughs> The grand plan
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say Your
1: face <laughs> <laughs> Your mum. Anyway, carry on. Carry on,
0: Jim. (laughs) The grand plan when they don't know it's a creature. Yeah. Is to blow up the moon. Yeah. The big worry about allowing the creature to come out is that it will throw shards of moon down on the planet. Yeah. That's not going to happen when you blow up the moon. No. No, no, no. no of course not. No, it's a, it's a controlled detonation, Jim. Oh, I see.
1: <laughs> yeah, because if you if you plant the bombs on the near side of the moon's surface, then it stands to reason that the fragments will fly outwards and away exactly. from the Earth. Yeah,
2: it's yeah, like uh, which side of the tree do you chop into before you push it? Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm picturing someone <laughs> sat on the branch of a tree, chopping it off and then falling. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the level of genius behind this that I have in my head.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's not particularly calculated. In fact, there's no calculation whatsoever. They crash, as pointed out in the B-Scout. They crash. Yeah. yeah there's there's not hun- like... All the nuclear bombs are crashing a lot in this episode. The, yeah. the
1: shuttle then goes into the crevasse.
2: Yeah. You know what, I hadn't even thought about that, but that makes absolutely no sense either.
0: And it's also, it's implied quite heavily, Earth is pretty fucked at this point. Yeah. So, Might as well let it die, right? I mean, <laughs> well... <laughs> Like, I, I get the issue is that it's suddenly exhibiting a greater gravitational force than it was before. Because yeah.
1: of neutrinos. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You want to get rid of the big gravity thing. Uh-huh. But you're still going to... Yeah, you're going to be left without the moon.
2: Yeah, w- the Earth would be massively boned, right?
0: Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of scientific stuff that says, you know, life on Earth kind of exists because of the moon in some yeah, respect. Yeah, well, only when, only
1: when you've got water lapping up and down shorelines and carrying nutrients around, now that... That ecology is established. I mean, what do we need moving tides for, really?
0: I don't know. <laughs> Everyone go and uh, look at X- SKCD did a thing about this. The, the, the only thing is... that's
2: going to happen is no more daylight savings. Like it's going to yeah, be yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. just
0: get that hour back. Yeah.
1: yeah, and your sandcastles will never be washed away.
0: <laughs> oh. This is a paradise. Beaches are going <laughs> to
1: fill up with sandcastles. <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare.
0: <laughs> No more sunbathing
1: We never even mentioned How Courtney Woods Is on her way To becoming US president Down on earth And she's like Yeah everybody Turn your lights off Yeah so what I don't care I don't care if it dies or not
3: No she's trying to save the thing She's like There's a baby in there She's very sentimental about it I well, she is Courtney. in
1: the TARDIS <laughs> But future Courtney Maybe maybe, maybe she just remembers Ah it doesn't actually matter What we do Yeah turn the lights off Go ahead
3: mm. Oh future Courtney Like as a grown up 40, does, In 40 does years Does she time? genuinely become she president, president Or is
0: that Was that one of his throwaway things The doctor things?
1: says That she meets him to blenovich and she becomes the president of the usa in the zygon invasion this is deep trivia that i found on tardis wikia which we're calling tardis wikia because if we call tardis wikia tardis wikia enough they'll change their name back i agree yeah yeah with the zygon invasion peter harness had it in mind to include courtney woods oh really As some sort of freedom fighter with the code name blinovich
2: oh interesting
1: but she was only in the first draft and got cut out
2: perhaps wisely
1: what's the blinovich thing again she meets a guy called blinovich and he rigs the u.s election for her or something
2: no but there's another blinovich reference in doctor who oh there's like a it, I, I feel like this is something that pertwee maybe talks about a lot that it's the the blinovich something something not syndrome but hang on i'll find it
0: wait that is ringing a slight right right
2: yeah. Blinovich limitation effects. Here we go. Uh, is a fictional principle of time travel physics in the universe of the long-running British science fiction television series Doctor Who. It is usually understood as having two aspects. Firstly, that a time traveller cannot redo an act that he has previously committed and secondly, that a dangerous energy discharge will result if two temporal versions of the same person come into contact.
1: Okay, these sound like two different Blinoviches but I'm sure they're related. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, that's that feels like a little fan service-y.
0: a less, less like joke a reference. is that she meets herself. Oh. Herself rigs the election for herself to win the election.
2: Ah, uh, right. Wait, hang on. I don't get this at all I, I also missed this in this episode What? It,
0: I'm not 100% convinced that Doc says it as a truth this is at the end of the episode where Clara is just super upset with him and I, I love that by the way I love how that's played out Jenna Cole was okay. awesome <laughs> just looking at Marie in case she wants to throw in a positive there <laughs> maybe I misinterpreted the way Doc was talking but it sounded like he was he was being quite flippant about stuff maybe
1: uh, yeah, you just, can be flippant with the truth well, when it's can. really unlikely
0: yeah it, it'd be interesting to see If it ever came back round again, I don't remember it happening.
1: It's it's a strange turn of events, certainly, because neither of Courtney's parents, who we met last week, seem even remotely half-American or fully American or anything.
0: No, which is a big deal for American presidency, isn't it? Yeah, very. Yes. Yeah. But
2: apparently not in 2049, which is the far, far future. So well, 2049 far. plus however long it takes her to
0: reach the age
2: of becoming a president.
1: Yeah, but how many listeners really think that there'll be a female US president by 2049?
2: By 2049? I'd like to think so. People are still going to be getting
1: old in 2049. Wait, what? And being like, well, there weren't any women presidents in my day, and I'm saying say I'm going to start now. Real quote from Fox News. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Is Courtney a companion or is she an ally of sorts? She's a ride-along.
1: Yeah, she's
0: a hitchhiker. She's an interloper. She's a nuisance. I think annoyingly she is a companion.
2: Well, I have already catalogued her. I categorized her in the Vindex as an ally. I I refuse to call her a companion. (laughs) I also did a quick search online. for Like, oh, Doctor Who companions. She was not on the list. So I think officially she's not one. But I mean, I'm sure lots of people consider her one. Riding in the TARDIS clearly is not enough to be considered a, a companion. Otherwise, Hermione Norris's character would also be one, for example.
0: Yeah. And the entire population of, of many planets. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Given that our population is like eight people, but... Oh, <laughs> right. It, yeah, in classics, quite often a civilization gets saved. Yeah, well, that is true. We've definitely seen it once recently.
1: Yeah, or when a spaceship is about to implode. Quick, get in the TARDIS. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. True, true. Okay, well, I'm glad that she's not a companion
1: she has appeared in four episodes I know she's done a lot of very companion-like things she's a
2: recurring ally in my book I thought that she was very poorly written. I mean, aside from the fact that I disagree with her even having a chance to ride along with it. Like, why does the doctor recruit her? That makes no sense. Why would he reveal the fact that there's a TARDIS and blah, blah, blah. Aside from that, I thought that she was very poorly written. She was unevenly written. Like, in the same scene, she would be ecstatic to be on the moon, then suddenly be super blasé, and then she'd be very upset, and she'd be happy again. There There was no real cohesion in her emotional output.
1: Yeah, she was very fickle, extremely volatile. I think the writers were trying to remember what they were like as teenagers. I'm like, ah. Crazy hormones. So whatever she does, it's justified by one hormone or another, right? And yeah, that's that's what a fifteen-year-old girl is—nothing
2: but hormones.
0: Yeah, I think it's adults not understanding teenagers.
2: Yeah, but they should know better. Uh, he, he should know better. What's his face? Peter Harness should know better. In the scene where, for example, the the gravity g- it cuts out, and all of a sudden she's floating in the middle of the room. She's super scared. There's a bug, spider thingy approaching. She's screaming. Cut two. Like I- I- in the same context. She falls down, she is crying with fear Sprays it, laughs And in a blasé manner delivers some sort of Shitty, bondy, one-liner You know, kills 99% of all germs And then oh, yeah. cuts immediately Like, it, not even, sorry not, not even a cut Turns to Clara and goes I'm scared, I want to go What? <laughs> Like one line to the next that is not how a human being behaves uh, you can be exhilarated at having vanquished a foe yeah and then immediately go I'm scared I want to go home with that no I I, I don't buy it I'm sorry no no I'm not actually defending it I do
0: I I don't know I kind of want to I, because that's the one bit of her interaction in the entire episode that I actually thought played out okay I feel mm. like there's a, a high of adrenaline when she's being attacked that yeah the bond-esque line is a bit crap but then the immediate come down of just holy fuck what just happened and like yeah. i just need to get out of here but she also delivers that
2: line like a 10 year old and like a like yeah, a, a smaller okay. child than she really is and this is from someone who's just proven herself a bit but of she aspect, is actually
0: you have to remember as well the dynamic set up here is she's with her teacher throughout this entire enterprise to the point where clara you know says call me clara and she's like, no, I can't do that. You're my teacher. You're whatever the fuck she oh, not I didn't,
2: I didn't take that to be reverence or respect or anything like that. I took that to be like, I don't relate to you. Like, you're not nice. I don't want to be your pal.
0: Oh, I, t- I took it as, you know, I can't call a teacher by the first name. Okay. And in the moment where she regresses a bit, it's also, well, I've, I've got this authority figure that I know will take care of me.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. You can read some good things into it. Also she just defaults to standard teen. Miss, I'm bored. I asked to be here
2: and now I'm bored.
0: Yeah, that's where the rest of it is yeah. terrible.
2: Yeah. The very sudden Mr. P Oh, that is awful. Yeah. Seriously, can we have a recut of this episode without her? Would that be possible? <laughs> can we just cut her out of it? Hey,
1: hang on. This sounds like uh recutting Avengers for, to get take all the women out sort of talk. It is what it is, dude. Wait, it's is that it? Oh yes, it is.
0: On a totally unrelated note, um, Marie has unfortunately had to step away, so you're left with all the men.
1: (laughs) Yeah, massively coincidental. We have not written her out or edited her out. We have not. She just had to go home. That's all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Don't see patterns where there (laughs) are (laughs) none.
1: Just happened to broach that subject for the first time, and this is the first time this has ever happened. But no patterns. Exactly. One data point, podcast land. (laughs) (laughs) My problem with Courtney also to start at the beginning. The doctor has said she's not special. I went back through last week's episode, the caretaker to try and figure out where this was because he has three interactions with her there. It seems likely that it's in one of them. It is not.
0: I thought thought this was quite a left field thing that yeah, he, he should call her special or not special. So did you take it that Clara was saying he should kind of undo something?
1: Yes. Yes. He has said to Courtney that she's not special so call her special, shut her up, she'll start up acting out, and she can get back to whatever passes for normal with Courtney.
2: Is it actually a reference to something outside of this episode? Because in the very beginning, when, when they're all in the TARDIS, when Courtney's just been allowed to wander into the TARDIS because it's just there, and ugh, oh, what, yeah. whatever.
1: She's probably stolen a TARDIS key. But, <laughs> but that's another thing that isn't explained.
2: But is it not in that situation that the Doctor hints at her just being another human, and that's what bothers her?
1: well that is reinforcing what clara has said has happened off screen and my annoyance comes from the fact that they could very easily have given him a line last week where he's like now get lost you're not special and then and that's it and th- the next episode is set up adequately but they don't do that
2: but there's something in between these two episodes that we don't get to see because it's one thing to, for him to have shown her the inside of the tardis from 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 the outsides in that weird shed, in the caretaker's sheds, And another thing entirely, for her to be comfortable enough to just wander around in there and, you know for him not to be shocked by it. I feel like there's a whole episode that was never shot in between these two that we don't get to see. As in, not an episode that was never shot, a, a, an episode between the lines.
1: Yeah, time has definitely passed, but I just feel like the better option would have been to seed it last week and have this week follow hard on its heels rather than...
2: Or give us that episode. Yeah. Actually, no, wait, no,
1: because I don't want
2: more Courtney material, but... But, 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 <laughs> ah,
1: you say that, but last time when we reviewed The Caretaker, yeah, we were like, I know what, what is Courtney doing here there feels like something's missing. I reckon that it will be explained next time why she's so involved and why she gets to ride with the Doctor and he takes her into space and all that. And we'll learn about her backstory and what's so hard for Courtney. And this week, it seems like what was missing was missing from last week's episode. So You're right. every time Courtney's on screen, something is missing or lacking. And another thing that is lacking to add on to all that is the Doctor telling her she's not special. Which, by the way, there are more categories in life than nothing and special. The whole of humanity basically dwells in
2: between. But I think this is then also another grown-up take of teenagers. Who knows, maybe Peter Harness has a kid roughly Courtney's age and this is him venting because you know, it's not all about you Like the world doesn't revolve around you insert name of Peter Harness's possibly fictitious daughter here and this is it, this is that frustration but it's never grounded, it's never contextualised it, I
1: think if Peter Harness not had a daughter that age he would be a bit more charitable with her characterization than this otherwise he is a bastard he might be, who knows <laughs> well, then, do you know him? stop inviting <laughs> bastards onto your writing team, Moth. Be a bit more selective.
0: So I, I totally misinterpreted this. I didn't catch all the, the words. And I, I thought it was just like, Courtney's got issues. Doc, can you give her a trip in the TARDIS and it'll make her feel better?
1: Yeah. No, no, she's responding but, to something that he has yeah. said directly to her. And that is why at the end, when she has done nothing to merit the title of being special, he goes out of his way to ham fist it, to foist it onto her by saying, you were special adjacent, thereby special by association. <laughs> Go away, oh <laughs> special one, and become president of the USA or whatever.
0: But there's, there's a thing that makes it worse though. Is I, there? I just, I just found the transcript. So it, oh yeah? So it definitely, yeah, the, the thing about special is the exact phrasing they're using but then clara says she says that's what sent her off the rails yeah this is a character we've seen repeatedly referred to as being troublesome way before she gets to go to Tartarus. tardis So it's just a bullshit setup from so many different angles.
1: Yeah. There is no reason to like Courtney Woods at all. I thought that her parents were going to prove to be the problem in some way and that she would tell us about this in this episode and generate some sympathy for her. But we saw the parents at parents' evening and they took her side against Clara Completely unreasonably, being like, oh, but she's less disruptive this time, so she's getting better, yeah? Yeah. Rather than being like, we know she's appalling, we're so sorry that condom broke, oh my goodness, we regret it every day. (laughs) Oh (laughs) my
2: goodness, all right. (laughs) Do you think that maybe this episode was written with a placeholder student in mind? As in to the degree where... We'll have this in our back pocket with the intention of setting up a student character, but then never really getting around to it. Maybe setting up all these little hints of the parents and, and she walks around corridors, we get to see her now and then, but she never gets her pre-adventure adventure and and thus grounding her personality. Well,
1: I saw on TARDIS Wikia, you know TARDIS Wikia.
2: I've, I've heard of TARDIS Wikia.
1: Yeah, TARDIS Wikia. That Peter Harness had a student in mind, oh. and then because of where it was in the season and over the various redrafts, caught was then written in further into the season before to set it up. So they went to extra effort to make a character this bad. But not an extra enough effort. No. because
0: Am I right in thinking this is her done now? Yes. She never appears again. Never appears again. Are you serious? Last credit. Which is just bonkers. Why did I make that Vindex icon?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because she's appeared in four episodes and at this point there should be more to recommend her. Or at least more to round out why she's such a complex character or at least to have complexity justify some of her awfulness you you see what i'm saying
2: so i'm curious to see i I can't remember how many episodes from now it is but there's the one where all of london gets overgrown the
1: forest of the night
2: that's fine with uh (laughs) with a class trip it's a coal hill school class trip right Mm. i'm pretty sure that seems like material Perfectly designed for a previously set up student character, and if she doesn't appear in that, I'm I'm, I'm curious if there's a vacuum or if there's another young, precocious, maybe slightly rebellious student uh, in the class who will take on the role of faux Courtney.
1: She should, in some way, there should be a payoff, shouldn't? There? Yes, exactly. You see, reformed Courtney, or better Courtney, or
2: something. Yeah, Forest of the Nights would be one such case, because how many other Coal Hill School adventures do we get? I'm pretty sure that's the only one we get. Mm,
1: yeah, uh, and and it's such a letdown because she has not been revealed to be special. Her, her arc is incomplete. It is f- forced from beginning to end.
0: Even if she wasn't allowed an arc and was purely a plot device for someone else, and I'm thinking Clara, Yeah. even that doesn't work, because... This is an important episode for Clara. We haven't talked about the end bit where she's effectively thinking about not traveling with a doctor again. True. Like that could be a massive part of this, her being a teacher, her having put a student in danger. But it's not. Oh, you mean in really? her speech? Yeah. Let's yeah,
1: because she's, she shows concern for Courtney throughout the episode. She's like, are you okay? And when Courtney is doesn't actually bother to be scared, oh, I don't know, and Clara looks her in the face, and yeah. good teacher.
0: Yeah, she she does take care of her quite well, but it doesn't seem to be a factor for why she would stop traveling with a doctor. But, you know, that would be a reason to have a Courtney. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't even grasp that.
1: It all becomes about Clara and the doctor's treatment of her singularly.
0: Or humanity as a whole, like, blowing it out bigger. Yeah, It's, but it's never this, this one child I brought in and thought was going to be safe with you. Like she nearly died. She nearly got eaten by a spider bug.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you saying blowing out to all of humanity makes me think again. Why doesn't the Doctor say, of course I didn't
2: blow you out in all of humanity because you're the special one. That's exactly what he should be saying at that point. This whole thing is being, like, the moon base arc is leading to everyone being recognised as slightly out of the ordinary in their own particular way. Yeah. Wait, sorry, hang on, wait, wait, wait. When they're back on Earth, do they not all get that, though? On the beach? Yeah. Yeah, Courtney doesn't deserve it. Lundvik... I, I don't think wait, Lundvik is, that is a really name?
1: Lund- yeah that's a surname okay i
2: assume yeah, i'm why i assume <laughs> <it> as well <laughs>
1: who knows what fashionable names will be on vogue in wait a minute hang on she must have been born before now so yeah screw Lundvik. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what i did like about the beach bit is that clara gets a thank you from from, from, from Lundvik. Lundvik.
2: yeah
1: yes thank you for giving me the moon back
0: yeah i say i have a thumbs up for the fact that clara gets a thank you and a thumbs down for the fact it be fact it's cheesy as fuck (laughs) (laughs)
1: moon cheesy as fuck
0: moon cheese indeed stinky stinky moon cheese
1: but yeah if if anyone is special in this episode it's clara but she has to completely overlook that to get angry at the doctor so it completely counteracts itself
2: these are all incredible retro rewrites this is this is a potentially better episode that you have conjured into the.
1: There is so much better episode that isn't shown on screen when we are having a countdown, not only a countdown, but a countdown <sighs> treated by simple montage.
2: So, <laughs> no, no, your aversion to countdowns is. Not healthy, drew.
1: <laughs> no, you listen. This is the worst countdown for the for the following reason. You can't montage a countdown because if you start with a number sixty minutes, yep you're like oh in 60 minutes it'll end and then you cut to the next random number 42 minutes it's like okay that's fewer minutes and then eight minutes four minutes whatever you're what's the problem man the problem is are you building suspense with this countdown or shortcutting the suspense are you drawing people in to the actual passage of time thinking in this length of time something cataclysmic may possibly happen or are you taking them out and skipping them over it they they pull in different directions these two
2: techniques For your next birthday, I'm going to give you a stopwatch. I can't wait. Or possibly, I'm going to get you... (laughs) I will count down the days to that birthday. (laughs) I'm going to get you a a clock that goes backwards.
0: (laughs) I think I'm hearing you, though, Drew. I think nails are being hit on heads.
2: It's a one-hour countdown, and you have to skip steps. It's just like when you have... 42 was maybe one of them. Like Any of these, Satan bit where they're going down, you don't show every metre that they're descending. You don't show every second that is progressing
1: that's entirely true but what you do is you intercut other scenes to progress the narrative here there is no progression of the narrative beyond lights are turning
2: off no, which is the singular not, process that is not what a montage is a montage is effectively just showing bits of action from the exact same context the the montage of like Stallone working out in in Rocky is not intercut with something entirely different, which changes the pace, and then you cut back to the music. You still have the same song, and in this case, it's just that not much is happening during the countdown. It's just lights going out. Yeah,
1: but, but in this instance, hearts are not on fire. Stallone is sometimes he's doing incredible pull-ups, you know, unaided with with his legs over the bar, and you see his incredible abs, and then he's stomping through the snow and dragging enormous plows through the deep Russian winds, those are all different things. In this, it's just, here's a number, here's a smaller number, here's a yet smaller number. There is nothing what, more banal.
2: I think what's... Okay, you know, I I, I kind of sort of agree with you. What, what I think happened is that this takes place a little bit too late in the episode. Mm-hmm. there's There's not enough time and possibly at this point, because it is definitely a high budget, high production value episode. What? Did you see that space shuttle land? Wait! Did you <laughs> did, did you see, see the moon and, and the the three D tracked uh, whatever space bugs? Wait! 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 You I, mean the I, space
1: I... bugs that are that are moving their legs, but you can clearly see them just. The legs are not propelling them along the lunar surface. They uh, are just essentially rolling, and their legs are flapping above
2: the ground. I thought it was very nicely done. I thought the special effects in this one, so part of the budgets that they saved by just stealing the video copilot tutorial <laughs> example file in the caretaker, was clearly well invested in this one. I'm fine with. That. But wait, 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 wait. Most of this episode I wasn't think- even in color. Wait. <laughs> Wait, I think that this montage takes place too late in the episode, and possibly at this point there's not time, nor possibly budget left over for them to intercut it with people. The only other option that I can see them doing, by the way, is intercutting it with people on Earth, going, what do we do? Hey, Marv, do that's, we turn off the lights? Do we?"
0: I don't do think that's that the only other option. What's I, the other option? I, I considered that, and... I think that takes you away from the fact that it's Clara and Courtney and what's her chops. So you're going to have to have a conversation
2: between Clara and Lundvik and and they look out the window and more lights are going out.
0: Yeah, but what we miss really is the progression of the lights going out, the commentary of the lights going out, the the suspense, there's a teetering point. Because what we get basically is one massive thing at the end where all the lights go out. Yeah, it's after, it, after an hour.
2: This is what I'm trying to say. It's happening too late in the episode. There is no, no but they could, there's no time for this. But if they you're could done have,
0: this. like, at the 42 minute mark, there could be most of the lights are, are on. Maybe Italy's gone out or something, and they're going fuck. That's like that's like all of Italy has turned its lights off. And then uh, the eight minutes like is mark. It's like now that's that's all of continental Europe has gone. Yeah. Like, we, We're we relying on a...
1: America at this point yeah, to come through. Come on, America! Don't turn your lights off. Our crap, Canada's down. Something I...
0: like that to show that it has
2: progressed. As soon as this happens, th- the only things that are left at this point are the interior shots in the Tardis, where th- they're all in the Tardis. I mean, except for the two nincompoops who died on the moon. They're all on the Tardis. We get the beach shot. And we get uh, the farewell, effectively, with Clara. That's it. That's it. And all of those things may already have been shot, or they are absolutely integral in order to ground the characters or lead into the next episode, explain why Clara's not in the next episode, etc., etc. So you have to have that scene with Pink. That's already two minutes. You have to have the scene in the TARDIS. That's another minute. You have to have the scene on the beach, because that's huge. That's another, like, three minutes. But with all of that combined, you have to sacrifice something. And I think what you sacrifice is that context. Yeah, but it you, you are acting
1: as if there is no flab earlier in the episode to cut out to save some more time for this intercutting. Because yes, <gasps> I agree. I wh- agree. Wh- yeah, when when the thing that sticks out for me is when the glass in the station in the door panel blows out for no reason when the Doctor has just left, oh, yeah. and they're like, ah, there's a breach! And then a fucking grate of the perfect size yeah. and shape just pings up off the floor. Meanwhile, there's a flask right in front of Clara's face, which is entirely unmoved. And yeah. this grate flies bodily across the room. Lose that whole scene, because that scene is an entirely negative thing. To, clari-
2: to clarify, I agree with you. This is why, a minute ago, I said it happens too late in the episode. If it had happened earlier, you would have had time for that. And for it to happen earlier, you have to cut these things. The scene with the window that just disappears all of a sudden is the worst scene in the world not just because it it doesn't like the the physics of the situation don't affect the rest of the room which I agree they should ah my hair's blowing those two should be dead at this point (laughs) like Clara's dead body should have filled the gap in the window but uh, aside from that the doctor goes I'm going to leave you to it I'm responsible I'm leaving you to it he leaves and 30 seconds later they two both of them could just very easily have died like him leaving he did not leave them in a particularly safe situation is what i'm trying to say
1: yeah that's true but again that's i don't get why um the countdown being as bad as it is is made any less bad by it the root of its badness being in decisions made earlier in the episode to include possibly an even worse scene
2: yeah i agree here's another thing as well why have the beginning scene at coal hill how about if we're not going to set up that courtney is going to be a part of this episode? in the first place, why not just skip her joining the adventure? Why not just cut to we're materializing on the moon and introduce the whole thing by saying having Clara go like, I cannot believe that you brought this girl uh, along. Yeah, and... That's like five minutes of airtime.
1: Yeah, and having to set up that this thing happened in between episodes that we never got to see is completely... Superfluous anyway, because Courtney gets just as annoyed by the Doctor saying she's not special again for us to see a second time. That picks up on this first point we never saw. So just just include that. She yep. can get annoyed by that alone. Yep. But the other option you were saying about the countdown having things happen on Earth, I think that would be way more interesting. I've raised some agree. possibilities. I absolutely agree. Down, down on Earth principled pro eggers are defying mobs with <laughs> knives and pitchforks outside their house to keep their lights on in the hope the crew on the moon sees and everybody is against each other and electricity ports are being stormed by militias who are damaging equipment and there's protest and counter protest, and people are waving their torches and laser pointers at the moon saying i believe in the space egg <laughs> and they're being tackled to the ground it's chaos and it's carnage and it what we get is so boring.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, uh, I I, still, I stand by, I think it would be weird to cut to earth at this point.
2: If you've never set it up before, but if yeah. you have a couple of just 30 second well, cutscenes of, hey, Marv, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. And then towards the yeah, end, like, uh, Marv,
0: what are you doing? Turn those lights on i guess there could be someone they're talking to yeah maybe but i'm pretty sure we've seen this exact thing where they montage and i do mean montage okay. people reacting to something around the world and it is terrible <laughs>
1: oh as in the, the different news reports of uh in japan there are riots well that
0: and... is always <laughs> yeah cliched and bollocks the
1: prime yeah. minister is about to make a statement on the riots and all this <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: yeah but no, I'm sure we've seen people in the <laughs> living room doing stuff. Like maybe it's not Doctor Who, but I think it. I think it was maybe. I'm a, sure we've had that on more recent. We Doctor certainly had
2: that in the episode with the Master, where he turns everyone into the Master race.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just you don't have any time with these people. You don't know what their genuine opinions are. I think if you can do crowd scenes, you get a better feel. But even that can come off really bad. I'm thinking yeah. um, prequel Star Wars celebration stuff. Ugh. Oh, no, no, special edition Star Wars. Special edition, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And it's just like, yeah, all these planets that no one gave a shit about through the entire films we've just watched, you know, suddenly celebrating. No, that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. it's just, I think it's a really hard thing to do, to make someone care just in a split second that what those people are doing is interesting.
1: But the thing is, it's it's not those people. It's the entirety of humanity. We are going to be around at that point. Those are older versions of us. And we're uniformly behaving like shits.
0: Yeah. But I think that's where the commentary on the lights going out as a progression from Clara and co would have been interesting. And I I feel like that's a kind of ridiculous thing not to have dialogue about. Just just suddenly it's all gone. Like universally, well not universally, globally... The planet made up its mind. That's what we get to see. We don't get to see any struggle. We don't get to see any, oh shit, like they're going to vote this particular way. Yeah. Like we don't get election night with everyone just pulling teeth as the first. Yeah. Uh, early <laughs> as the early um, exit polls come in. Yeah. And we're just like, <laughs> God, really? Is that going to happen? No, it can't do. And then the, yeah. Yeah, the first one declares and it's like, oh, bloody hell.
1: Yeah. And the complete lack of nuance is made even worse by there being pointers to this being a weird parallel of an abortion slash pro life debate.
2: You know what, I hadn't even made oh, that that. No,
1: yeah, because Courtney says, "It's just a little baby." Little baby, 1.3 billion tons at least. Anyway, regardless of your use of the word little, Courtney, she's talking about it's a little baby at the very end when Clara jabs the green button i'm guessing rather than the red one presumably there is a flash on the screen that is so quick you almost don't spot it but it says aborted <gasps> which is ironic uh, because it's the detonation the explosion that's been aborted but it's the baby that
2: hasn't been aborted wow i didn't see that yeah so well will spot it this is
1: a very complex debate that i don't want to get into here and they are pointing in this direction and giving no no material to think with on it at all
0: yeah i think the only thing i got from it was the very flippant throwing in that clara would like to have a child yeah it, which yeah i did pick up on that was just a bit odd i don't know
1: yeah and and the woman saying to courtney when courtney's still in the tardis well when you grow up you realize that some decisions are just bad but you have to make them sort of thing which you can stretch yeah. towards a very simplistic rationale for abortion being necessary Perhaps if you haven't redrafted your script properly. Uh, Or or prohibited.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, given the rationale here is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. That's a super interesting reading of this. I hadn't made that connection.
0: Yeah. Maybe they were trying not to make that connection, which is why... I think if it says aborted,
2: they're definitely hinting at it. Maybe it's the, uh, the Matrix approach of we just have to have some buzzwords and that counts as profundity.
0: Yeah, I don't know. In that scene, though, Courtney throws her hand in to stop it as well, doesn't she? Does she?
1: Oh, I don't know. Clara dives in at the last minute. How is Courtney's hand also there I'm in that sure, split
0: second? I'm sure, a hand comes in from the other side, and to the point where I was like, "Oh, she nearly hit the red button."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I assumed that that was Lundvik about to hit the red button. I thought that was Lundvik.
0: Uh, Isn't Lundvik just about
2: to? Yeah, exactly. She's like, "Oh, it's been an hour. We're going to do this now." Uh, okay, maybe. I think so. I I remember thinking, "Where's Courtney?" Yeah. Like, I don't even remember her her location having been established in that scene. I think this is
0: why I thought it was her. Because I thought Clara was right next to a person whose name I can't ever remember. Lundvik! Lundvik. And <laughs> it looked like the hand came in from the opposite side. But maybe I just saw what I wanted to see.
3: Hmm.
1: What would have made the
0: episode infinitesimally better? Well, because I, I, I was running with the emotion that, yeah, Courtney and Clara both attempted to intervene. Yeah. Which... Doesn't make it better in any sense, really. Just
1: well, to give Courtney a role would in some way make her. She's not the one that presses it, though. No. Well, she could. She could stand. She could bodily body check (laughs) Lundvik. I mean, she's she's got got street moves, I'm sure. Take her legs out or something.
2: (laughs) Can I make a tangent towards something? Maybe at least. verging on the positive and then maybe we can use that as a stepping stone to the positive because we've been been incredibly negative throughout this review so far Hermione Norris is in this episode Lundvik I had forgotten that she was in this, entirely forgotten it. Who's Hermione Norris, Leon? I now can't remember the name of the TV series that she was on. That Cold be... Feet? No. Oh, yeah, she is in Cold Feet, you're right. She's in a sci-fi series as well about how it's a new human settlement somewhere on a different planet. It's really, really cool. It stars that guy who's really annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hermione Norris, anyway. When we didn't yet know who the 13th Doctor was and... Everyone, everyone was saying, I'd really like to see this person or this person or this person portray the 13th Doctor. I had a few people on my list and Hermione Norris was one of them.
1: Really? Yeah, because... There is form in people previously appearing on Doctor Who, then stepping up to be the Doctor.
2: Well, I had forgotten that she had already been on Doctor Who. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, oh. And th- the only reason, well, not the only reason, but the main reason was because she's in this sci-fi series, the name of which I can't remember, but which I'm looking up right
1: now. She's also been in an episode of Cadphile and Poirot, <laughs> Spooks, and a series of Luther. Ah,
2: Yes. Yes, you're right. She was not Luther. I was thinking of...
0: Was it something called Outcast?
2: Yes! Out- yes, there it is. Outcasts. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I didn't see it at all.
2: I only gave it 6 out of 10 on IMDb, I'd now see it, but I remember her being really cool in it. All well, <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> What did you think of her in this? I thought she was fine. I thought she was very Hermione Norris in this. And I was very pleasantly surprised to see a person whom I had hypothesized could don the, the doctor's coat, as it were, and maybe be a little bit more theatrical, a bit more flamboyant, a bit more, you know, interesting and colorful and temperamental, and, yeah, run this show in a, a teeny tiny role. Teeny tiny role.
0: I have to say, I don't think I ever really got her character. Given the situation that we are in... Yeah. Where she, I don't know, is she actually an astronaut? Or is she just... She's like the last cobble- astronaut. Yeah.
1: Now she's the least bad qualified person. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like like there are there are no more astronauts. The space shuttle was in a museum
0: and everyone just seems to be an idiot. But she she seems slightly more proficient than the other two that get yeah. themselves killed.
1: Oh, she's better than Henry. Who, who when Doctor says, where'd you get these pieces of shit from? <laughs> and Henry can hear it in his intercom. Yeah. And he just keeps walking and being like... Yeah, I can't argue with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the second hand space shuttle, third hand astronauts yeah. line here, which I quite like.
1: What I wanted to see was 119 year old Buzz Aldrin stepping <laughs> up and being like, Yeah, I practically own the place, just punching out germs left and right. <laughs> Fucking having a whale of a time. Just going down on the moon. This was what I always wanted. <laughs> As he disappears into a crevasse eaten by a thousand prokaryotes. <laughs>
0: so they're not super trained but they are on a mission to effectively save the world and she's quite flippant about the whole thing really and i don't know not totally single-minded but a a bit single-minded on we've got to do this fucking thing it just didn't sort of sit one way or another whether she was just gung-ho like like we have to see this through and just really like confused when doc and clara are there and like making her think about stuff and there's a couple of moments where, like, the two crew members have been killed, and she's trying to enlist, like, Doc and Clara, and say, you're not going anywhere, you're going to help me do this thing. Yeah. But Ooh. that f- sort of felt more like what that character... Ought to be like. Ought to be like, and, yeah. and they kind of had set up for it, and then just occasionally they just throw away things where it just doesn't seem interested in stuff anymore.
2: I don't really see a situation where the other two are the best second and third in command for this mission. Surely, even if there's no more space program, there are pilots. Like, even a commercial pilot would be better suited than these two. Or
1: just someone young and strong.
2: Well, there's a bit of trivia associated with at least one of them. So one of them is played by Tony Osoba. I don't know how to pronounce his surname He's from Scotland He's from Glasgow He has been in three Doctor Who stories Oh, do tell Well, he was in this one That's one But he was also in Classic Who In two uh, series of Classic Who Namely, Destiny of the Daleks With, I wanna say, Tom Baker Very nice So you'll be seeing him soon are
1: we a
0: year I'm away t- from t- that? Just looking up. <laughs> it's 79. We're in 78, I think, at the moment. There we go. So you're
2: going to see young Tony Osorba. That's right. And a dragonfire with the. Seventh seven Doctor. Talks. That's right. Uh, dragonfire this... being the one that Michael Ridgway wrote a blog piece about. The this worst is the cliffhanger possible... one. Exactly. The yeah. worst cliffhanger ever. <laughs> or the best. most literal cliffhanger ever. Yeah, also. <laughs>
1: Well, to return to them in total, I, I one of my notes is I've got absolutely zero feelings for these astronauts of the week. No. And Hermione Norris is a charisma black hole. I agree.
2: Totally wasted. She's yeah. a good actress.
1: And, and like Jim says, sometimes she threatens to flicker into life. But then at the end, when Clara has thwarted her and completely upended her plans that she's been fixated on for the entire episode all she does is mutter peevishly like bloody bugger it up you oh you bloody bleeding hearts oh bugger. She's not screaming, tearing the walls. You fucking doomed the entire planet, you stupid. Oh,
2: my goodness. Yeah. Why didn't yeah. I throw you out the shelf when I had the chance? And, and also, no one's in a rush. No one is in a hurry throughout the entire episode. The Earth is about to go under. Yeah, and they're just standing on the beach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Standing on the beach. Well, standing on the beach is at the end. But I mean, when they're on the moon, why not immediately just go? I mean, to her, this is a super Suicide mission. They they crash the shuttle as we have now mentioned yeah, on vacation. Hit the detonate yeah. button. There is no way off this rock. They are now on the moon. I don't know if they feel obligated to go and see if the, the the Mexican space crew is still there, so that they can go. Hey guys, maybe say a few last words, or if you have a shuttle to leave, then leave, and take us with you, please. But if you don't, then here we go. Yeah. yeah. But they are there for a reason. Why dilly-dally? Why investigate anything? They are there to detonate the moon. Yeah, if, if you're not detonating the moon, you're starving to death. Yeah, and every second counts at this point. She seems to be very concerned with the uh, millions and millions of people who are uh, suffering the plight of, I don't know, tidal, whatever, the, 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 the yeah. problems related to the, the increased mass of the moon. Ooh. So we save those millions and millions of people. Yeah.
1: Can I take exception to it was high tide everywhere around the earth at once
2: (laughs) oh yeah because that's not how it works how i mean (laughs)
1: there's
2: another moon on the other sides first of all
1: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah we have we have korean and and a third moon i think a really tiny one but but the fact is it is the sea being elevated from the seabed is there now a vacuum at the bottom of the ocean or is it pulling up the seabed with it or or is it causing dimples in the centers of the ocean so that the edges all rise uh yes yes (laughs) pick a least bad option because they're all terrible
2: (laughs) shall we segue from this to another great positive
1: (laughs) what like um if the moon breaks up it'll kill us all in about 45 minutes oh what are you basing that on
2: previous moon cataclysms uh, they've, they've run simulations they
1: don't know what's in there they
0: think yeah that's the biggest
2: wait 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 So, oh when is the oh is this when they know that it's an egg is
1: yeah so they had no idea it could possibly be an egg they don't know how thick the eggshell is and oh she is, is certain... this the actual
2: conversation where clara goes it's an egg it's super thin it will burn up in the atmosphere it's what's
1: before right? that it's oh. when the doctor is about to jump into the crevasse
2: actually actually it's, it's i hate before... that he jumps in the crevasse. yeah i hate that he does that yeah
0: when we were thinking of scenes to cut earlier, uh, that jumped into my head. Yeah,
2: that that is super uncharacteristic of that. Why would he do that?
0: And it doesn't seem particularly necessary.
2: This is also after he's used his yo-yo to just take what a surface sample of, of amniotic fluid. <laughs> 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 well, is he jumping? I mean, I'm assuming that he's jumping into a what is effectively a swimming pool of amniotic fluids. Yeah,
1: yeah th- this is a quick diversion into inner space apparently <laughs> lovely no it comes just after the scene where um the germ attacks doctor and they have the scientifically plausible statement of your spray bottle doesn't work in a vacuum and they the very next thing is and if the moon breaks up it'll kill us all in about 45 minutes so you have something that is quite optimistically sciencey next to the just my like, glibest utter nonsense and so it makes the actual science worse by comparison.
2: So another positive thing uh, about this episode that I can
0: think of yeah. <laughs> wait can I just <laughs> fine I, you guys I don't neg know. away I don't know the science <laughs> well enough, but the whole point of the start of this episode is the moon has bigger gravity:
2: yeah. we have covered that excessively no, yeah, Let's yeah. Not get back
0: to that. Is that enough to mean that it isn't surrounded purely in a vacuum? Like, I don't know what generates atmosphere and like, but would there be stuff around there? Like, the spray bottle thing just bugged me. It's just, it seemed like someone writing one thing is like, oh, okay. Yes, I've, I've flipped through this uh, physics textbook. spray doesn't work in a vacuum. Okay, put that in my script. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. but, but I just don't even know if it was accurate even, you know, in that context.
1: Oh, well, either it's wrong but. again, or it's actual authenticity is just overridden by the on the ensuing nonsense yeah because it's just fake peril it's artificial like the artificial gravity from the mass that shouldn't have been added but we've done that
0: should Later. doc have just been eaten though at that point like why does that one not just rip into shreds like yeah why it does it, every other one
2: why doesn't it just puncture his suits with anything by the way same spacesuits. we've seen them before
0: are they identical? Yeah. They look, they look uh, very similar. According
2: red. to trivia, IMDb trivia, the same spacesuit worn by Tennant.
0: Tennant, yeah, in with Satan pits. A-
1: oh yes.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, mean, I mean, this is the same. It's not just Satan pits. This is the same orange spacesuit that we get to see Tennant and Matt Smith and now Capaldi don in numerous episodes, which is great. That's that's the spacesuit he has on board. It's weird that there are three of them. And also, especially given that I think Tennant took the spacesuit from either Satan Pit or Forty Two, whichever one came first.
0: Oh. So it's weird. It's probably weird if there's a child-sized one. He took
2: do- Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that. And a Clara-sized one. Wait, make that two child-sized ones.
0: Oh, okay. Because Wait, her yeah. and Courtney
2: are exactly the
1: same. No, that's a fair They're point clomping around. I was
0: I was thinking Clara, uh, Courtney was a bit smaller, but she's not actually.
2: Anyway, another positive thing about this <laughs> episode. <laughs> Wait, and I did go on. <laughs> okay, here are two things I thought were really positive. Two very disparate things. First off, Capaldi has a chance for not just his witticisms, his arrogance, both of which I really enjoy in this episode. Yeah, top one. But also a little bit of physical comedy. They work hand in hand. In the beginning, when they've landed inside the space shuttle... Hermione Norris and her two senile adjutants have just shown up. (laughs) He's doing a lot of like, oh, he's testing the gravity. He's walking around. He's moving in a way that's so clownish. It's so absurd. And he's whipping out the yo-yo. And the second he starts walking around, I wrote down, oh, yeah, yeah, yo-yo. The yo-yo is coming up. I remember this. It's... Such a lovely scene. I have a feeling that maybe Matt Smith did something similar with the yo-yo. Is
0: that where it's from? Or is it Tenants?
2: Either way, I, I think we've seen the yo-yo before.
0: Yes. Wait, Do, is th- this th- a classic? I thing? say, doesn't it start with the classics? I think it might have maybe happened in Maybe ago.
2: Tom Baker uses the yo-yo, actually, in a recent one. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But either way, like that, I think, is a lovely scene. And, and Carpaldi really gets to play with the medium of an, uh, an absurd alien who's there to save the day. He's cleverer than everyone, but he's still freaking alien and super weird. He does a great job. i think
1: yeah super weird while establishing
2: authority over everyone there exactly
0: and actually establishing he's a super weird alien because that's his dialogue at the same time
2: it it is yeah and he i mean he even spells it out for everyone who's too dumb to understand i i am not as dumb as you are (laughs) i am super intelligent but the other thing very different to that is that the directing and the cinematography sometimes in the beginning is super, super good in the creepy department. It's very scary. It's very dark. There are scenes in there, shots in there that are reminiscent of The Thing. They're reminiscent of Alien. When they're crawling, creeping around the Mexican station, for example, that moon base. Yeah, Just me? that's quite nice. That was super scary.
1: There was the moment when the spider lands on Duke. He, he blunders in at precisely oh, the wrong yeah. moment and it lands on him that was horrible as in as effectively horrible as yeah. they wanted it to be yeah it, that was oh, it makes me cringe just thinking about <laughs> it
0: i think the fact that courtney got left behind as well that was that was super tense well done yeah until the gravity changed and then i a- I was just a bit confused what was happening then. I
1: don't know why it happened. Oh, because it's an unstable mass. So we're the other side of this wall and we're completely fine. But that over there makes p-
2: complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a, it seems like an odd coincidence that it's separate, like, it's, room yeah, by room. It's nonsense. But, but, but that being said, fine, disregarding that, very effective scene. Like, yeah. as a set piece, oh, no, you're now stuck in the middle of the room. You are unable to run away. There's nothing to push against. You're close enough to the ceiling you're not close enough to you're the you're thinking of willie wonka and the chocolate factory
1: isn't that scary she's a fizzy lifting minx
2: is it not <laughs> scary i thought it was really well done yeah
1: yeah yeah it was and also there's a moment of humor that i liked when someone screams oh, i must have it must be a germ that screams and the captain says what every captain says in this situation is that you juke and Duke is like i sound nothing like that
2: oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> very nice by the way, the germs screaming, when you see it open its mouth, it has human teeth, I think. Very. What? Sonic teeth? Sonic first-draft teeth? As in the, the the germ itself, it has little teeth. It's uh-huh. a human mouth inside there, I think. Really?
3: I think really? so.
2: I, I think that's how it's been
0: designed. It's Maybe
2: that's why they cut away from it so quickly.
0: Really gross. It's It's got, like, mandible things, though, as well, doesn't it? Oh, I don't know. Now I want to open this it's thing. It's
1: got a lot that a single celled organism
0: shouldn't have yeah oh, certainly
2: <laughs> oh yeah yeah no that's i think we've already established th- this makes no sense whatsoever
1: <laughs> masses of tissue differentiation those are not organelles get out of here
2: mm-hmm.
1: you've checked your physics text but maybe pick up a biology one next
2: i'm scrubbing to it <laughs> <laughs> i found find a picture of it wait why am i doing that i'm sure that's on google okay it's a little low res, but those are definitely like human teeth. That's a human mouth inside an alien.
1: Yep, that is a human upper and lower jaw.
2: Yeah. Wow. It's re- it's very, I mean, it's creepily designed, super creepily designed. Also super cheaply designed.
1: I was going to say, yeah. is,
0: is it just that, oh, <laughs> well, we've got this uh, the model of a human mouth already. We'll just pop that in there.
2: It works. Who cares? It
1: yeah. works, man. And also, oh, no, sorry. I, was, I was just going to say that that mouth is not designed to rip into people with a spacesuit is it that mouth is sort of set back in its it has to open its whatever's in front of it really wide for you even to see it that's not tearing helmets to shreds but
0: well, there is stuff in the front maybe that's the ripping to shreds oh, mandibles bit. and then the teeth and
1: then, do the chewing later yeah. on okay, yeah sure possibly. sure you make sense space germ <laughs> Go ahead, Space Jim.
0: Maybe, maybe it chews humans like a cow chews grass.
2: Why does it only sense movement?
1: <laughs> yeah. And why does that movement not include Capaldi's torch, which keeps flashing yeah, across the walls? That bugged me.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like I- in um, Time Heist, when he says, everybody be quiet. Don't say any words. Stop talking. Everybody. That means you and you and you. Absolutely none.
0: Yeah. <sighs> but they, they very clearly have eyes don't they? I think they have multiple eyes. Like, that's the stuff that reflects when the torch is shined on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's a spider model, right? And then they've tweaked it a little bit. They've shoved a mouth in there. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I guess I, I guess was diff- expect- different eyes detect different things. Were you are not put? also yeah. expecting a, a scene? I mean, the, the second you have a, an alien foe and you go "It it only detects movement, stand still, are you not expecting another Set piece, another scene being set up in which they have to, you know, Jurassic Park, past the T Rex. They have to Robert Redford and sneakers past the germ on the moon.
0: I mean, I guess that's what they sort of try and do, but well, they don't. I mean, it's wasted. Well, I, I, that scene, like before Courtney gets trapped, that scene started to lose the tension for me because I didn't understand the means of escape. I was getting annoyed that the torchlight was just flipping around left, right, <laughs> and center, and it's just like. Well, yeah, stop doing that then. And yeah, because it seemed like they were trying to escape behind a door, which was barely visible, but the thing was stood right in front of it. Yeah. Or something stupid like this. And I was just like, no. Or
1: just ever so slightly above the door. Yeah. It's going to drop on the first person. It does. Duke comes in and the thing's instantly on him.
0: Yeah. Whereas it should be, okay, it's by our exit. Let's just stay here for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Throw
1: something over there make a distraction and then we bolt.
0: Yeah. Mm. But what I did like, Mm -hmm. which we brushed up against slightly, I liked all the outside shots. Beautiful. I agree. I think... It's not an expensive thing for them to do. I mean, Drew mentioned, I think it was Drew, said it was basically black and white. It's like, yeah, you just dial the contrast down a bit or something like that. But it's done in just the right way. Yeah, and they you know, they've managed to black out everything. So it really feels like you're on the surface of a planet that doesn't have an atmosphere and it's like, you're exposed to space. It felt very isolated and barren and yeah, it was good.
1: Yeah. I'd agree with that. Speaking of no atmosphere. Oh no. When it comes to turning the power power on in the Mexican space base, Uh Duke flips a switch. You hear, and Capaldi's like, right, save the air. And all the spacesuits come off instantly. So that place has gone from a vacuum to entirely breathable in a second and a half and you don't hear the sound effect of any ventilation yeah no one faints
0: because the pressure's changed no no no. (laughs) (laughs) don't you realize the technology we're gonna have in the next decade
1: (laughs) yes and completely silent too <laughs> S- safe Not on just your in the next decade
2: Because this was a space shuttle taken out of a museum So presumably this space base Is already up there now I mean this episode yeah. was what 2014, we're in 2020 now dude Like that space base is up there There are Mexicans on the moon <laughs> Another good thing about this episode Sure <laughs> Keep trying. Okay, not a a good thing per se. A couple of things that might be interesting. What is this line trying to say? We didn't nip out after dinner and kill Hitler. I've never killed Hitler. You wouldn't expect me to kill Hitler. Okay, we regret let's kill hitler
1: (laughs) that sounds like defensiveness on the part of a peaked writer exactly
2: this is like stop emailing us at the bbc we (laughs) get it we get it it was deliberate
1: (laughs) yeah and then capaldi goes on to say well you can't change the past so you can't change the future either so what is the point of me I'm not here doing anything. I'm just a, a spectator.
2: And that's another thing that then gets revisited entirely, out of equally out of character in um, the the Chibnall era with. Uh... <sighs> Orphan 55. Yeah, Time is constantly in flux. History is constantly being written. The future is, does not yet exist. The past is whatever it will be when we go even further into the past and manipulate it. Like Everything seems to be in motion. There are no such things as fixed points in time. This certainly ought to be one of them.
0: See, I actually don't know where I'm left at the end of this episode whether all his spiel about things being a bit grey is just spiel. Because yeah. cause we're left to think that he knew what was going to happen all along, which would imply maybe this is a fixed point and nothing has changed.
2: True. Yeah. No, I
0: that's true. I, I don't know. I'd, I'm not sure if it's... There are so many cut.
2: other lines where he, uh, of his where he goes, maybe it was a hologram, maybe it was a different moon, maybe it was a space station, maybe it was a whatever it is, he says. You know, you, you remember in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's like the it,
0: very end bit, though, that I think matters.
2: Yeah, I agree. But in the beginning, he's set up to believe that, yes, it's, I mean, Clara says, I, I know how this is going to end. We might as well leave. I know that no one blows up the moon because we've been further into the future and we've seen that there's a moon. And he acts as though he doesn't know the outcome of this situation. He does, but
0: <laughs> yeah. act could be the...
2: Yeah, okay. that's true. Very key So you word think there. he might be lying there?
0: I don't know. It's, it, it's just, we only have really the last scene with, with Clara's reactions where she's she's pretty convinced that he he knew what was going on and this was all a test for her yeah and possibly humanity as well but not really yeah I,
1: I think it would be more interesting if he had been telling the truth and that this was a little blinky grey area and that you could have those and put those in other situations. I, I think that would benefit the Doctor Who universe to have those things in flux. But not to the extent that Chibnall says, actually, guess what, would all turn into the shrieky alien degenerates or whatever. Yeah,
2: I disagree with the Chibnall version of it. Mm. I, I like the Doctor not being omniscient. He shouldn't know of every fixed point in time. But the fact that he has been beyond this time seems like... It seems like surely this is going to be registered in the 2049 edition of encarta you know like <laughs> there'll be a Wikipedia page about the moon turned out to be an egg guys like there was a dragon living inside it all along yeah how do you not hear about that
0: like this would be a massive like standout point in
2: the universe surely how come the doctor knows that in 2049 mankind looked up at the sky and was inspired to seek out new worlds and new civilizations to Boldly go where no man had gone before. <laughs> Only Courtney Woods has gone before. But he doesn't know what inspired man
0: Well, I mean, that moment, anything, I think, gives credence to the fact that he did know. Yeah, you're right. That's mm. a super
2: good point. Yeah. Agreed.
0: So, yeah, I, I just not, I, I think I lean towards Doc has been lying the whole time. Okay. Which is really shitty.
2: I think it's fine. But, but he it, should say it to Clara.
0: Yeah, because even at the end, he, I don't think he fully comes clean, does no. He? he? No, he's no. He's still trying to defend it. And
2: Maybe that's why she continues to be angry, because
1: she yeah. knows he's still lying.
0: Yeah. Mm. like I I, I I, definitely lean on the fact that I think he's lying. I think this is a fixed point. He knew exactly what was going to happen, and he trusted yeah. Clara to do the right thing, basically. But I'm not 100%. <laughs> All right. But a, a similar thing in that vein, though. Doc says very clearly when he has decided the moon is is an egg that that creature is unique
1: yes and because it's unique it's beautiful apparently
0: yeah which is fine which is fine that feels very tenant actually but why again like if you put aside the fact the doc may already know this thing is unique because he knows this point in time, if, if it's not that situation, if it's a, uh, I don't know what the hell's going on here, I'm discovering it just as you have, why would he look at that one thing and go, that has to be unique? Like, he's already admitting, like, if you, in this scenario, he's admitting he doesn't know everything. He doesn't know his particular point in time, so why mm. would he look at that and go, that's unique?
1: Because it's cheap, and you get to say... <laughs> That's the one thing, and because its existence is so rare to the utmost degree, that makes it beautiful, and I get to say these nice things, and then the woman gets to, Lundvik gets to say something jarring by let's kill it. Let's kill the one instance of this that exists, and that heightens because everything is the most or the last or the longest or the end or the beginning it has to be an extreme in some way for it to mean anything in doctor who
2: okay i i i'm not going to dispute that it, it it may be a a cheap trick or a cheap way of achieving a, an emotional impact but it is a tremendously doctory thing to say tenant on numerous occasions would encounter he would be faced with a dangerous a a, 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 a new monster a new Alien life form that he himself had never seen before, and he would just go, "You are beautiful."
0: That's that's great. I I've always loved that. Like the way of just basically encountering something different and saying you're beautiful. Exactly is a wonderful message in general for the show to have.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally on board. Yeah. It, it's the unique thing. Like given the setup of it as well, it's like that. Just it really, really stood out to me, and it, it's more of a piece in the puzzle of why I think he's lying. Hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. But as a positive to throw in there as well, as part of this whole little, little jaunt, I suppose. Yeah. His face when he says the moon's an egg is amazing. Yeah.
1: How do you mean amazing?
0: Just <laughs> swallowing a smile, but I don't know, just it's all over his face. It's just like, it's, this is an incredible thing. Yeah.
2: Your take, Leon? Of his reaction? Yeah. I found it at the time
0: to be lovely, to
2: be incredibly doctory.
1: Yeah, my note is: give that man the Bafta right now for making a nice moment out of having to stoop so low oh, in the goodness. script by saying the moon's an egg. Oh, and wow. I said that the uh, the court, the woman's award should go to Courtney on the beach for saying, "Oh my gosh, it laid a new egg. It's beautiful." Because no,
2: Courtney should not get an award <laughs> no. for anything. Courtney is a terrible character. Okay,
1: not Courtney, but Ellis George, the actress. No! <laughs> the, the things that are being asked of these professionals. Yeah, I,
2: I mean, you'll, you'll hear in a moment I make a comment about her acting proficiency and I have absolutely nothing bad to say about it, but people aren't given... Despite how good their performance is or how good and talented they are as actors, they're not given Oscars and BAFTAs and whatever four roles that are poorly written i'm saying they should be given
1: some compensation for when the writing is that much below their acting abilities that they are bringing to the scene the shortfall should be made up by our
2: appreciation and recognition it's like every time michael york did a straight to vhs (laughs) (laughs) yes here have one of these (laughs) his wall is covered in them
1: his mantelpiece fell down there were too many they were too heavy
0: I had did, to I move did.
1: to a bigger house. <laughs> I
0: have to say, I didn't take offence with the writing of it. I I thought, like it's a it's a very <laughs> it's a very simplistic statement to, but then you can say it in a very joyous way because it's it's not. The moon is an oblong-shaped terra flop of data going around. Of, I don't know some bollocksy bollocksy bollocks.
1: The moon past. is an
2: exosphere. Wait,
1: yeah, that, that happen
3: to... as
2: well.
0: Well, probably.
3: Isn't
2: yeah. that about to happen very soon? In
0: fact, Well, the is first?
2: Yeah, isn't that? That's why I said it. it oh, is that it? Oh, I see. I only remember fragments of this. Oh, oh no.
0: Yeah, but it's right. it's not some grand thing. It's just simply that thing out there which we've understood or thought we understood for ages. Mm. Yeah, is this really simple thing down here, which we understood or at least thought we understood for ages? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's just the crushing of things together and just like pretty simple. But he says it with a an amazing.
1: Yeah, he says, can you believe ring. it? How astounding is that, guy? Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, that is a reveal, right? Uh, it certainly
0: is. <laughs> I I liked it.
1: I I really want to like that because. I think only in Doctor Who could the moon be an egg. Well, could that fanciful whimsy actually be justified in any way? But I don't think this episode is up to it. And that just feeds into my disappointment.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Drew. I'm with you on this one, Jim. Yeah. Because I, I think I had a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of things to be disappointed about through this episode. And I think that was a particular high point, which was even more incredibly able to be high when it was surrounded by such lows. You know. It, oh, right. Yeah. It I was, see. That's how good it was. Like, it still became a high, even though it was surrounded by shite.
2: Yeah. Occasionally, Doctor Who, Classic in particular, will take something, will take a concept that is incredibly childish, and it will lend it a severity and a seriousness that you would normally not find outside of adult TV. So you just show a clown shitting itself with (laughs) oversized shoes but you treat it as though it's freaking Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. It's just like, well, this I, there's a disconnect, but mm. Dr. Who allows for it. Yeah. Okay, can you give me an example of what you're talking about? Fine. Robot. Robots. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Robot is a <laughs> it's a Tom Baker serial where someone has built a robot that grows physically. It puts on mass okay. for no reason whatsoever. It is a robot that grows. Right. <laughs> And it starts off like slightly larger than a person because it's just a person wearing a robot suit. But it ends up being the size of like three houses stacked atop each other. Yeah. And it's just growing because that's what this robot's done. It's been programmed to grow. That's not how anything works but we treat it with a certain seriousness. We lend it an air of authenticity that it is not deserving of. And that's something that Doctor Who does. And I think in New Who we forget about that.
1: Well, I guess perhaps the disconnect then comes with a lot of this is supposed to be quite grown up and perilous and very, very gray. It's not colorful. If this was zanier, perhaps I could get on board with it. But the moon is gray, obviously. The space station is equally gray. Capaldi himself is gray. While he has these moments, as Jim says, where he cuts through and you want to go with him. I feel like the overall ambiance of the rest of the episode just does not allow you to experience what you do in a crazy fun time robots growing ho. <laughs> and you can get on board and you can start laughing. This episode does not want to make you laugh.
2: Okay, another great thing about this episode <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, something we may sort of touched upon, but we haven't really talked about pink. Pink appears at the end of this. He does. He's great. Yeah. Holy moly. Not only is he, he's fantastic for that like two minute sequence that he appears in, but. His chemistry with Clara is incredible. Those two, they're so believable as a couple, and he's a genuinely positive influence.
0: Yeah, they—they they read like an established couple. She's had a shit day at work. She's thinking about quitting her job, and he's just there to, you know, I'm I'm here whenever you need it. You know, I get you. Yeah. Um, but he's using his own experience to, you know, understand it and work work through with it. My only note is, you know, thumbs up, level-headed, wise Danny.
1: <laughs> yeah. I made a note of um, my favorite line in the episode. How did you get so wise? The same way as anyone else. I had a really bad day. Uh-huh. I, I really liked that line because that rang true for me
2: you gotta go through some shit to know some shit do you think given the way that they're acting do you think that Clara I mean is is Clara acting as though she feels like this is not the end of the line she's just told the doctor I'm done you leave I never want to see you again but they're both kind of behaving as though there are plenty more adventures to come
0: well the way Danny talks to her is is like I understand you're angry now You, you probably do want to leave just make sure you absolutely want to leave by calming down again and and thinking about it clearly. Yeah, but
2: they never go... I mean, she never goes, oh shit, what have I done? I was maybe too rash here.
0: She's still angry. She's still angry. You can't do that when you're angry.
1: No, she can't just cool off like that. We would be saying that was false.
0: Yeah. I I think the pacing, the content, the acting of the end of this episode is some of the best I have seen in New Who in general. Wow. I was just enthralled watching Jenna Coleman standing up to the doctor and just... Like basically absolute frustration, anger, dismay, disappointment, like so betrayal. many Betrayal. Betrayal, yeah, so many things just thrown in. And they didn't they didn't try and just make it one little speech, just one snippet of anger. It's a long scene. Like she just does not let up. And Doc, you know, is forced to be a bit meek. Um we well, I suspect he's still doubling down on his lies, but you know, he's in an awkward spot. And then you get the wonderful scene with clara and danny afterwards where it's it's still carrying on like like you're absolutely right Drew. she can't just calm down immediately and we get to see that we get to see that being banded around with another human who we've grown to care about in his own right a little bit
1: yeah and actually that is to danny pink's credit his reaction because if he were actually really smothering and controlling as i thought he was on the first watch back in 2014 yeah and we thought he might be edging that way at the end of The Caretaker. If he were actually that way, then he'd be saying, great, you don't have to see the Doctor ever again. I'll keep him away from you, and he'd be taking advantage, he'd be exploiting her feelings in this moment, but he is just being really level-headed about it and allowing her to come to her own conclusions. He's not controlling her at all.
0: No, it, it's, a really, it's a really nice scene of, of equals, you know, talking through a problem, but him understanding her emotions are running high, He's been there. Yeah, great stuff. Like, real humans, written as real humans in a very complex setting. Like, that's a hard thing to do. We got there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: There's there's more that I have to say on that. It's not negative, don't worry. It's about our first reactions to Danny Pink the first time through. I wonder, we may have said this already, if we were protective of the Doctor with his new face back then. We wanted Capaldi to be a success. We wanted to like him. And he's being fairly unlikable a lot of the time and he's coming up against danny pink a character who doesn't like him and is opposed to him and if danny pink is pointing out his flaws and making things more negative we're like shut up danny we love the doctor and we mm-hmm. so just unconsciously sided with him a bit too much and now that capaldi's had his run and we know the highs we're not so protective of him in that way
0: i think you could be well yeah i think right that's
2: there. a yeah. super good reading of it Right, how would you uh, feel about maybe giving this a score from 0.0 to 5.0? Could try and rustle one of those up, I suppose. Yeah,
1: let's. (laughs) And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la, 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 la. Ratings. Okay, so as we've already said, somewhere in this is a much, much better episode, in my opinion. The last five minutes aside, which we've just talked up the positives of. In the rest of it, every single nuance seems to be bulldozed and flattened and paved over by the need to draw simple straight lines across the series. We don't see any more of Courtney, and she's the character who gets most let down. She has no arc, she has an anti-arc. At the beginning, she's clamoring to be told she's special, She then accepts that she is merely by association because it's not her hand on the button, but Clara's. How insulting is that? This character is so unintelligent. Why is she there? It's a really bad representation of teenagers and young black women and a student that Clara's supposed to care about. She's, uh, I think she's worse than Adam. I've just watched Adam's (laughs) two episodes. And okay, Adam is an unprincipled Shit! Who's got very little going for him? But I think there are fewer negative sides to him than we see over Courtney's four. Oh
2: wow! Okay,
1: she gets pictures on Tumblr nobody else can copy. Whoop de frickin' do! I don't expect maximum profundity from this fifteen-year-old. But how can you take someone this shallow to the moon and then lie like that? Let them continue under a new delusion and expect any of this to mean anything to her or to us as the viewers there's no growth no development no specialness why does this doctor who tells it like it is who sets such store by the truth and unclouded judgment at least when there's something horrific to reveal why does he have nay exemplify such gross double standards and we talked about how clara had to forget about courtney at the end so that she can give pink his i told you so moment and because mentioning Courtney as potentially traumatized would be to admit she has emotions on a similar level. They are saying this teenager, just a bag of hormones. She's not an adult. Don't worry about her. Capaldi does his best with terrible material. Coleman's fury is truly impressive at the end. But the writer doesn't understand how the juxtaposition of truth and nonsense is worse than flat out nonsense. Like you were talking about, those episodes all sound fun and I'd love to go into this crazy corner of the universe and see all this madness, but that is not up there where you are fudging all the science and trying to get truth and nonsense to coexist this close. It's no good. It's no fun. We talk about episodes being good candidates for newbies to who to watch.
2: Mm, oh yeah.
1: Anyone for whom this was their first episode, I believe, would never tune in again. They'd be like, what the fuck was
0: that we'd be apologizing
1: yeah it doesn't hang together the tone is all over the place the characters are paper thin i don't remember this as being worse than robot of sherwood and yet here we are 0.9 oh Oh, wow wow. all
2: right (laughs) slam mic drop drew out fantastic jim you or you or i
0: i can go if you I don't mind. Up to you. Yeah, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> My approach to a lot of things. Well, spoiler, I'm not going to go quite that low. Uh-huh. But this episode has a lot to answer for. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> like, it's one of the... I mean, New Who's probably more like this than the classics are, but it has a very clear premise. And I guess a lot of New Who episodes do, but it's very clear that it's all about the moon, and the moon turns out to be an egg. But that's bollocks. I really hate that as a premise. I really hate the execution through this episode. I hate most of the characters in this episode. Well, (laughs) well, basically anyone other than Doc and Clara... And, and Danny, is not really likeable. Their time on the screen is badly used. I mean, the two guys are literally there just to be eaten. The captain, whose name I still cannot can remember, Lundvig, is just all over the shop. Like, Don't understand what her motivation is, what she, you know, she should have been up there and just blowing the place up straight away or she should have been spending the entire episode just racked with guilt or scared about basically blowing herself up. Something, some kind of strong emotion is needed for what the fuck she's doing and it's not it's it's irrelevance and flippancy half the time which is just terrible I, I i don't understand how the most of this episode is so bad and yet the end scene the culmination is so amazing it it, it feels like entirely different team of writers directors i mean th- sat that down could, to do that
1: that could be it because moffat will have taken uh Harness's draft and be like how does this fit into the series he would have that is the showrunners
0: yeah. remit i mean it, it It definitely feels like that. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case that he took over at the end and went like, this is what I want Clara to do. This is how I want Doc to react. Get in as another director because they were busy doing the the rest of the shoot somewhere else with whoever. Like Courtney's having a close-up scene. I don't know. They're down in the quarry. Yeah. So it's hard hard to be positive about this because the, the meat of it is just pretty bad but there are some nice things like doc is on good form for most part it's i find it interesting as a is he lying or is he not lying like there's there is just a underpin through the whole episode of that which is an intriguing setup i don't think it's always executed to the best effect but good nonetheless clara is showing off some true leadership and like teachery skills like we we mentioned how she she's always looking out for for Courtney she feels the real duty of care through, through the episode that's you know to her credit her standing up to the dock at the end is just amazing and entirely to her credit Danny comes in right out left field blows the show away you know in in 2 minutes to his credit so good stuff but a lot of shit stuff too oh i was i'm hovering around just good because of the end the end is just adding on like even like a whole point not like a one point. I I probably would have been on a a one point something low. That's uh, screw I'll, I'll stay what I got it written down here. So I'm going to end up on a two point two. <sighs> okay. But literally a point for the last three minutes of the show, probably.
1: Yeah. Okay. You, you want the you want to leave with a good taste in your mouth.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can have it. All right. So for the past two hours, I have been trying to steer this conversation to positive notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why?
2: I found this episode very entertaining. Sue me. Sorry. I enjoyed this episode. Uh, and that's despite all the things that I really did not enjoy. <laughs> uh, I found, I'll be very quick about this, I found Capaldi to be brilliant. He's very doctory. He, I'm loving, the, I've already mentioned this, maybe I, I think I mentioned this, I love the physical comedy as much as the arrogance, the the smug sense of superiority. There are some wonderful lines in there. The, as you and me know, well, not you and uh, me, but well, you certainly not. You and me, yes. The scientist. Yeah, yeah. I, I love those little bits. The, the nice little lines. Clara is okay. <laughs> oh. I, I'm sorry. I, I wow. just. I felt that she was. When we got Clara, she was wonderful. But I'm saying she's she's okay because I felt that she was a little subdued and uh, and maybe underused. Maybe she was written in extremes. She was either slightly absent or she was reacting in extremes towards the end for example that all of a sudden we get like 148 percent clara because up (laughs) until that point we'd only had 63 you know anyway the astronauts they were fine (laughs) i don't care about them courtney can go and throw herself into a crater i hate her that (laughs) was the doctor doing that sorry yeah uh, getting to that. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I don't feel that it is uh, the actress's fault. I've, I can't remember her name now. Ellis George. Ellis George, thank you. She works with what she's been given. It, it just so happens that she's inconsistently written, as I pointed out before, and, and she shouldn't be there in the first place. She doesn't deserve to be there. The fans don't want to see her there. She hasn't been set up as a character. What is she doing there? But someone has to play her, and Ellis George does so well, I think. But... Then there are also things here that the Doc simply wouldn't do either. He wouldn't bring this stupid kid along for one, he wouldn't jump into a crater that may or may not be filled with amniotic fluid, and he'd probably either decide the space dragon's fate on mankind's behalf, or give us enough data to sort of coerce us into the right direction, morally speaking. Hmm. In general, I like this episode. I'm really sorry (laughs) The moon's an egg I can get on board with that It's just framed in a rather dumb way So I have written down 2.7 out of 5 Oh, sure, I was expecting higher It's not deserving of anything higher I'm sorry (laughs)
3: So I wasn't sure about doing a rating because I missed the whole discussion and I feel like there are probably points that you brought up that I haven't considered and normally you know you get to revise your rating as you go so it's weird to just come dive in and just say a rating without having discussed it first but for the first 10 minutes we very briefly talked about Clara and I think you drew mentioned that like she didn't this was her chance to like have agency and to take the training wheels off and to be like make her own decisions and i thoroughly disagreed because i you know she i feel like she's done that already she you know she's shown how awesome she is um she was a general she was a general a nightmare in oh, Yeah. yeah. Just the whole fucking... She jumped into a time stream and has saved the Doctor's life multiple times. Nobody asked her to do that. That was completely off her own volition. Like, she she has proven herself time and time again. She, of all of the companions, does not need this challenge. And it felt like, I think, at least he knew what he was doing and he dove right back in at the last second to, like, come in and save the day. And just in case they'd ra- made the wrong decision, he would have overridden her anyway. So it felt like a very dick move from the Doctor's part. But just for the last scene alone where Clara absolutely lets rip on him and just gives him what for and walks out the door like she does deserve a BAFTA for that that was a fucking fantastic scene and so I'm gonna I don't know like I don't know what my rating would have been but I'm gonna take the highest rating that you gave it and I'm gonna add one for Clara and I'm gonna give it a 3.7 nice Nice. bolstered (laughs) bolstered a little bit by Michael's review (laughs) but it's good enough for Michael
2: (laughs) Thanks so much, Michael. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. That's appearing in the listener mini section after the bit that you're listening to now, right? Yeah, cool.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, and, wait, and also how great Danny is as well, because I think the first time around watching Danny, I hated Danny. And I think my theory is similar to what I think Drew's theory was, is that we're kind of conditioned to like the doctor and think that the doctor's word is gold and so if the doctor hates danny we must hate danny and there's no you don't second guess it and you don't you know sort of make your own judgment you just follow what the doctor says i'm watching it back i think he's a fantastic boyfriend he has her back he's worried about her but not in a controlling way he doesn't like stop her from doing anything but he's like i'm here for you if it goes too far i'm here for you and this episode it does go too far and he absolutely has her back and he's there and I don't even mind the little backflip he did. Is that that episode? Different episode. Oh, it's a different episode. <laughs> I don't care. That was a great episode as well. <laughs> I'm just, I'm Team Danny. I think he's great. Yeah, Mr. Pink all the way. Cool. <laughs> that is quite similar
1: to what we said.
3: Good. Everybody likes Danny then?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, mostly. Better
1: than before. Good.
2: Yeah.
0: Certainly. Excellent. Mm-hmm.
2: Minis. Now let's from land. Max
1: to 50, or it would get out of hand.
0: So we're uh, slightly short on minis this week, but we've got one
2: new reviewer. reviewer. <laughs> Actually, we don't need a new jingle, that was perfect.
0: <laughs> in the bank. Sound library worthy. <laughs> we have a mini in from the Doctor Gamer. Hello, the Doctor Gamer. Mm. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The Doctor Gamer starts. Kill the moon. This is a very weird story. The moon is a giant baby space dragon egg? Question
2: mark, question mark.
1: The Doctor Gamer follows up with some goods. There is a lot of development between 12 and Clara here. 12 manipulates Clara to try to teach her something, which you would see happen a lot with the, the Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> Next good, the ideas in this story are very good. For example, bringing one of Clara's students into the TARDIS for an adventure.
2: Interesting. Okay. I no, like Ar- Ar- Grant has a good idea. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Just Execution? idea. Execution? Execution? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Dr. Gamer then follows that up with some birds. <laughs> <laughs> First, bad. Uh, the side characters are one-dimensional and useless in the story. Yep. The CGI for the spiders and the ship was a bit off. Maybe that's just because of um, who back then? Oh, see what <laughs> you did there? Oh, Nice one. And last bad. the plot drags on and on until the ending, which is really rushed and makes
0: little to no sense. Here's your new reviewer
2: who agrees with you, Liam. Hooray!
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the Dr. Gamer concludes with, Overall, I give this a 3.0. Mm-mm. The story is boring, but the ideas are decent enough. 12 plus Clara definitely carries this well enough, though. Thank gosh, there is some very good stories coming up soon. Ooh, ooh, looking forward to them. Mm -mm.
2: That is a
1: fantastic mini. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to some future minis. Yes, indeed.
2: indeed. Very happy to be traveling down that temporal road with you, the Dr. Gamer. Hey, Jim, can people follow the Dr. Gamer on Twitter?
0: Why, of course they can. (laughs) You can find The Dr. Gamer at Dr. Gamer 789.
2: How did you do that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's uncanny. First take. First
2: take. No rehearsal. (laughs) I'm very impressed. (laughs) Thank you so much, The Dr. Gamer. I
1: think Marie should introduce this second mini that Uh, we have received, (laughs) since we're all future people now.
3: Our second mini for this evening comes from... Tracy, tracy from america, america. <laughs> hi tracy hi tracy hello tracy how's hi, tracy. it going
2: long time no see
3: uh tracy begins to review with an oh how i am divided this time mm. the feel of a decent percentage of this is fun and enjoyable love the monologue given by the doc as he hops around testing gravity The Doctor is very
2: Doctor-like, jumping in the lake recklessly like something out of a good Matt Smith episode or Tenant Sprint. Capaldi doesn't always do it for me, but he's hitting every beat quite nicely
0: here.
1: But, says Tracy ominously, on the flip side, there are several gaping problems with this one.
0: The whole thing acts too much like a pregnancy slash abortion allegory for my taste.
1: Here's my friend who agrees with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Particularly in that it reads as a triumphant tale of one woman, Clara, overriding another woman, astronaut proxy for Earth lady. Forgotten the reference of this episode. <laughs> in bodily autonomy to save a new life, which threatens existing life. The Earth was right to be concerned, and then Clara stole its decision. Not okay, writers. Not okay.
3: And then there's the fact that the Doctor forces Clara to call the shots alone, when she expects teamwork from him. If you have an expert friend you've asked for help, it's a dick move for that friend to say... Go frig it out without me. Note that both Clara and Astronaut Proxy Lady ask him for help this time. As this happened in episode, I cheered. Yay, a real scientist actually ready to trust the doctor. How lovely. It's unlike the doctor who meddles constantly to randomly decide to sit this one out.
2: And Tracy gives this a rating of fancy steak dinner paired with a glass of red mud. Mmm, yum. Mm. (laughs) Lovely mud. (laughs) Yeah, sums it up appetisingly. Wonderful, wonderful, Mini Tracy. Thank you very much. Do you agree, Podcast Land? Please tell Tracy. So on Twitter, Tracy can be found at
1: Yeah, cut, That's Fountain,
2: Fountain Tracy
1: backwards, almost. <laughs> and our third and final listener, Mini, because we're not doing a second future, is from Michael Ridgeway. Oh, oh, oh wow! What oh, happened?
0: What happened? <laughs> the
2: worst we've
1: ever done. With that. social
0: distancing, Bridway <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, maybe I was just too eager because I love you, Michael. Love you, Michael. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Michael begins with some likes. Funniest line: Shoot the little girl first.
0: <laughs> Scary, freaky alien spiders. The webbed cocoon, corpse-ridden Mexican moon base was reminiscent of Stephen King's *The Mist*. Mm.
3: The batshit crazy bonkers twist. And Clara's somewhat
2: justified explosion at the doctor. Ouch! Give Jenna Coleman a BAFTA. I don't think even the seventh doctor doctor. would have abandoned his companions in their hour, in brackets forty-five minutes, of need. He would have lurked in the background and planted seeds of doubt until he got whatever outcome he wanted. And Michael amps up this
1: criticism with some boofs the credibility of a referendum via house lights. Surely this disenfranchises a shitload of people who have no electricity or houses. And what about people on the other half of the planet? You know, the side in daylight.
2: <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't see their lights. And you should only get one vote. None of this turn your light on, then off, then on again nonsense. i demand an alternative vote for the next time this happens in five billion years.
0: <laughs> Indeed. The next... Boof. Clara, you've undermined democracy. You've <laughs> stolen the votes of the hard-working, normal-people, Brexit-voting, nuke-the-monster, gammon-brigade. <laughs> I expect riots in the streets.
3: And uh, Michael had wanted to see the creature dump a new moon from its bum. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Robbed. <laughs> uh. In summary, says Michael, Scary and stupid. Funny and thoughtful. I love this show.
1: And Michael gives it a rating of 4.7 out of 5. (laughs) Bacteria alien spiders feasting on the faces of several amateur, were they really the best
2: Earth had to offer? Astronauts. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, uh, out of left field, that one. I did not expect it. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done, Michael (laughs) Excellent stuff Would you like to say hello to Michael on Twitter? You can! Please follow him at Bad Underscore Movie Underscore Club
3: No more (laughs) underscores Perfect Bing bong (laughs) Can
1: I apologise? You said sorry in your review But I feel like I should apologise For being quite so negative about this episode (laughs) But I... The, the word execution came up a lot. I want Doctor Who to be a place where the moon can be an egg. But I feel like it harms the brand when you take something that should work only with this brand and then botch it so badly. That's, that, that's all I... I still love the show. I'm still with my dog and I have to wipe shit away from around her ass. <laughs> that is how I feel about this episode oh, of this show. Yeah.
2: Oh no, Evie, are you okay? <laughs> so it just happens.
0: The payoff for this episode is the fact that something hatches from the moon, and then it lays another egg, and all's all's well with the world, quite literally. (laughs) Yeah. They couldn't even think in advance, that's where our special effects budget should go. So they have to cut to Courtney going, oh look, it laid an egg, rather than showing us a really good scene of it laying an egg.
2: Well, do we really want to see something (laughs) laying an egg? Screaming its head off I mean, I'm a fan of omelettes But I really (laughs) don't want to see where that egg came from Or out of I don't
0: know, it struck me as they're not cutting away Because it's a horrible thing to see They're cutting away because they couldn't be asked To spend the budget to make that happen Possibly Mm -mm. Anyway
2: Yeah. Well, this has been a fun evening (laughs) (laughs) I will be better next time You were great The episode will be better next time
0: Let's hope What is next time? Good question we're
2: starting with a classic, namely... Ooh. R the pirate planet. <laughs> <laughs> After which, we are going to travel into bonus territory with our 300th episode. That's right. It will be the 300th episode, State of the Hoonian, trademark drew back when, extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> Wowzers. Which is going to be insanely crazy fun balls, because we're going to talk about... What the shit has happened with uh, Doctor Who since we last had a look? Uh, We just wrapped up another season of the Chibnall era. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Lots to unpack there.
1: And what are we doing in our next hundred episodes? And what's happening with this second audiobook I hear you've started on? Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe some hints. So many things. Yeah, so that's coming up. After which, we'll have
1: another new Mummy on the Orient Express. (laughs) Another Mummy.
2: Not again. (laughs) And at some point in the hopefully not too distant future, maybe we'll do an audiobook
0: review, Drew. Yes. Maybe? Of Deimos and Resurrection of Mars. Cannot wait. Marvellous. In the meantime, I believe people can get in contact with you, Leon, if they want on the Twitter sphere. Oh please do. You can find me at Ponkin.
2: You know how to spell that. If you don't, that's fine.
0: Yeah, they know by now. <laughs> and you, Drew? At Drew back when? Oh. Excellent branding. Oh
2: why, thank you, Jimmy. The oh
0: hang on,
1: I need to go there. <laughs> Hang on, I, I can not remember all of it. Jimmy the... Oh,
2: what is it now? What is it? Jimmy the what? What Remind is the what? Is it Jimmy the what? Is that it? what it is? I wonder. Jimmy, what is it?
0: You can find me at Jimmy the who.
2: Jimmy the what now?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It's very clearly Jimmy the who. <laughs> like Winnie the Pooh. So with an H what? on the end. <laughs> no, not with an H on the end. I'm <laughs> oh, making these difficult. Anyway, don't bother following me. I don't say anything. But do, because it's fun. Mm. Well... Haven't they been lovely? <laughs> they being you people that are listening to me right now. So I'm going to direct my voice at you specifically. You've been a wonderful audience. Oh, haven't they just? Do be rad and excellent to each other. Oi! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Rock on! <laughs> and
0: to chao <cha-cha>.
2: Bye-bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Catch your
1: earballs in our next Who Review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao Chao. Who back when?